Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. And I'm Cody. And we're here, and we're back. Um, this week, we're going to finish out universalism, and we're pretty excited um, mm-hmm. to be able to like talk about these things. But um, after this, we're kind of going to transition out of these four main theologies that we plan on talking about. But like next week's topic, we're going to start talking about deconstruction of christianity so Mm -hmm. like people who are trying to leave the faith and saying like they're deconstructing it um we've been wanting to talk about that for a few weeks i know uh the four of us we've talked about it just different times and i think that it would be good to educate people on what that means just because like modern christianity that's almost becoming normal oh absolutely i mean so we we need to go uh go through that but if you guys remember last week we talked about um, salvation. We talked about all sorts of things before we really got into our subject matter of universalism part one. And so this week to kind of kick things off, um, Cody had a pretty, in, like, I guess God moment. Like oh, absolutely. God opened a, a, a thing for, a thing, a window for him. And uh, I'm, I'm wanting him to share it with you guys. Okay. So go ahead, Cody. Well, um, like me and Hunter were discussing before, you know, um, I'm recently married, got married about six months ago. And, uh, you know, I started really looking back um, on, uh, you know, things weren't going exactly the way they were supposed to in the household, you know, as far as being a Christian leader and, you know, learning how to be a husband and all these things. And, uh, you know, I had God put some trials in my way. You know, I got hurt at work. I broke my nose. I uh, had to have surgery on some of my teeth here recently. And, uh, you know, I just let the world just bring me down and like really take a mental effect on me. And, uh, you know, there was causing some problems between me and my wife, just little things. And like, then I finally realized, I was like, man, what, what is causing this? And I realized that I was not in the word and I was not pursuing God the way I should. I was just going through the motions and thinking that, you know, I was okay. And, uh, I, I, I prayed to God, I repented, and I said, Lord, I want to be a man of you. I want to be a kingdom man. I want to be a man on fire. I surrender my will to yours, and I want, and I truly meant that. And I think, personally, if you can ask my wife, there was a change. Like, he, 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 he lit this fire in me. Um, so, you know, uh, me and my wife, we started doing our devotions every night. You know, we're really in-depth studying, and God is just revealing himself to me, and he's pursuing me to spread the gospel and uh i've always i I have a very outgoing personality but then at the same time i'm human and i have i struggle with like just walking up to random people and just talking about jesus well i feel like now um god is i was like god give me opportunities and like this is such a broken world and i feel like we're so close to the end possibly we need to tell as many people as we can. So this morning, I got up and I uh, I go to the gym like I I usually supposed to do every morning, and uh, you know it's in a strip mall area over n- near Watson's Chapel in Sweetwater. And I'm looking out the window. I'm on the treadmill, and there's this uh, gentleman man. I've seen him before. Um, he's an older uh, African American man, and I've seen him walk around before. Um, just based on his appearance, I can tell he's either homeless or he's, he just doesn't have a lot. Um, he was walking back and forth in this parking lot. I've seen him months before, and several times God said, hey, won't you just go talk to him. Just, you know, see if he's okay. Um, or tell him about Jesus, whatever. But this morning, I just I, I couldn't help it. It wasn't even a thought. I didn't have to make myself. I saw him outside. I got done with my workout. And I got in my truck, and I saw him about 100 yards off in front of the subway sitting um, sitting on a bench smoking a cigarette. And I was like, perfect opportunity. So I got up, I reached my wallet, and I grabbed a $20 bill. And I didn't show him the money, but I just walked up to him and said, hey, man, 
have you ate today? He said, he looked confused, and then he was like, he gave me this look of like, oh, I don't want a handout. He said, no, 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 I'm good. He said, I'm, I'm about to eat here in a minute. I said, are you sure? I was like, hey, you, I said, I, I just stopped. I got out of the truck, and I just walked. I said, you mind if I sit with you for a second? He said, and I could tell if he, I don't know if he's mentally ill, but he had a very delayed reaction. Like, to everything I said, he had to stop, pause, think, and speak. So I sat down next to him. I said, hey, what, what's your name? And uh, he said, my name's Benji, or B, short for Benjamin. I said, my name's Cody, man. I said, I've seen you around here a lot. Um, have you ate today? He said, I'll be honest with you, man. He said, no, I haven't. I said, I said, do you have a place to stay? And he said, I'm living in a these rinky-dink apartments, a one-bedroom apartment. I think there's about four people living in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, I said, can I ask you an honest question, buddy? I said, I'll make it worth your time if you let me talk to you. He said, yeah, sure. He said, I ain't got nothing better to do. I said, uh, um, are you struggling with using? You know, because as most of you guys know, I come from, I was an addict for seven years until I met the Lord back in 2018. Um, and he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, I've been struggling with crack cocaine since 1985. And I was like, wow. I said, that's longer than I've been alive. And we both laughed about it. And I said, man, can I just tell you a little story? He said, yeah, go ahead. So I, t- you know, I gave him a quick rundown. I said, you know, I was an addict for seven years. I was an IV meth and heroin user. I said, I've done it all. Um, you know, I, I, I lived that lifestyle, man. And I'm just here to tell you, in 2018, I met a man named Jesus Christ. And he pulled me. And, I, man, I started, like, tearing up right there in front of him. I said, he pulled me out of the depths of hell. And the next morning I woke up and I was a brand new creature and I've never been the same. And I said, he has blessed me. He has given me a purpose. He's uh, not only blessed me spiritually and eternal security, but physically like monetary blessings. He's, he's, he has been there for me and like, he's changed my life and he can do the same for you. And uh, he said, man, that's just a lot to think about. And I said, it is. I said, you got, he said, I said, you ever been, uh, you been to church lately? He said, man, I don't, he said, I don't really look like, you know, I'm fit to go to any church. I said, yeah, you do. I said, you got clothes on? He said, I was like, you got clothes on, you're fit to go. I said, hey, I don't know if you have a phone, but here's my phone number. I'm at this gym every morning, 5 a.m. I said, you need anything. You, you call, you talk to me. And I said, please, would you just come to church with me sometime? Or would you just let me, I'll meet you wherever and we can talk. You know, I can tell you about what Jesus can do for you. I can get you some resources. He said, yeah. And I said, oh, by the way, take this. I said, um, he said, this ain't for drugs, is it? And I was kind of confused by that. I said, no. I said, that's for food. I said, I want you to get something to eat with this. I said, can you give me your word that you will use this to get something to eat? He said, I give you my word. And we shook hands. So I kind of tested him. I just, I, I pulled off down the road and I pulled in, in front of this, uh, in front of the Dollar Tree and I watched him. And lo and behold, he walked into the subway and got him what looked to be about fifteen dollars worth of food, man. And yeah, it's um, it was awesome, man. It, it's awesome when God can open up a, a window of mm-hmm. opportunity for a seed to be sown or a seed to be planted. Mm-hmm. And you know, me and Cody were actually just talking about uh, you know here soon here at the chapel. We're about to. Get our feet on the ground in different mm-hmm. ways. I know some guys here are already involved in the prison, um, and, and we're looking forward to being more involved in that as a church, but mm-hmm. also um, really trying to reach out in the community to places where people are in need, not only a physical need or some sort of encouragement, mm-hmm. like Cody was able to give this man yeah, about absolutely. drugs, mm-hmm. but 
um, spiritual need, absolutely I mean, monetarily need, and food and all those resources. And uh, um, it's just interesting that you know we serve the God who still opens doors mm-hmm. and windows for yeah. us to minister. And uh, first thing Cody shared with me this morning was. Oh, dude, I was, was, I was on fire about it, man. Like, we, I came home. We were excited about it when you were telling us. You should have seen my wife this morning when I came home from the gym. I was like, you're not going to believe what happened. She's halfway <laughs> awake. I was like, I just got to tell you about this. And I just, I was breaking down there in the living room. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing yeah. to me, honey. But God's just like, he is just hammering on me. And I love it. And I can't help it. You know, I'm turning into a softie. She's like, I love it. I love what he's doing. Like, it was just, it was awesome, man. <laughs> well, and, and we, because of the spirit that lives within us, you know, joy, peace, all these, oh, yeah. these things that we receive from God through his spirit. We find joy in mm-hmm. this. And it's even like at, at my current work, when I leave that day and I'm able to go home and talk about a conversation or a, a chance where I got to stand for the name of Jesus mm-hmm. uh, to someone or defend Jesus to someone, mm-hmm. uh, it excites me. I, I mean, I can't, yeah. I'm like you, Cody. I, I, I find j- more joy in that yeah. than anything else, yeah. to be honest with you. And even if that, I, I mean, even if I, you know, you're going to have those opportunities where you share ministry and somebody's going to, somebody's going to one-up you because we're in a learning process, you know, defending the faith. Somebody's going to one-up go you. Back and they're going to stump you. But here's the thing. I can't wait for that. I can't wait until somebody can stump me because then I'm like, I'll get back to you on that, and I can study and find an answer. I mean, it's a learning opportunity. It's a humbling moment. To Absolutely. Be not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can think of a couple of times where I haven't been fully prepared, and mm-hmm. I leave, and I'm just like, bro, I just got destroyed. Yeah, you get but, destroyed, but then you— But not that I was destroyed because Jesus can take any word. Mm-hmm. His his word doesn't return void and use that. I don't know the outcome. It could minister to someone's heart, and I think, man— They I could just, probably go home and be like, man, that guy really made some good points. Oh, I need to think you just about don't this. Know, but, yeah. And that just goes back to this. It doesn't matter what we think, and it doesn't matter really what we do. Mm-hmm. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. And Absolutely. it's like I try to encourage younger people that are— Maybe not new at sharing the gospel, but like they're f- gaining their first experiences. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, number one, what's your motive, mm-hmm. right? Because if your motive's not from a place of love or a place of gentleness, mm-hmm. like Second Timothy says that we need to be gentle with those who oppose us, mm-hmm. say, hoping that God would grant them repentance, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, what's your motive? Why are you wanting to share it? Are you wanting to just stir them up? Are you wanting to just, you know, do it to say that you did your sharing for the day? Or do you care about them? Yeah. And, and, and here's the reality. It's like, when I share that, it, it's not about, oh, man, did I say the right thing? Or, oh, man, I, I should have. We just need to look unto Christ in those moments. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, Cody, I used to not do this, but I found myself now in the midst of those conversations, like saying to myself, Lord, give me the words to say right mm-hmm. here. Help my uh, motive be your motive in mm-hmm. this. And a lot of times, like, he'll, correct maybe what i want to say mm-hmm. or my motive will go from you know i need to tell this person and correct them to okay i, I just need to encourage mm-hmm. them to seek truth yeah and you know so people that you know that you're listening to this our listeners you know uh you know paul said in colossians 4 that he asked the church to pray that god would open more opportunities to witness while they were in prison to the in, mm-hmm. to the keepers and i think it's just awesome because we need to pray for that every day in mm-hmm. our lives that God would open doors and that we would be sensitive to do mm-hmm. it. And one thing that I love is like the longer I'm in my relationship with Jesus and the longer that he's discipling me and I'm growing in sanctification, you find yourselves, and I find myself coming to the same point Cody was at this morning where yeah. like, 
there's no second thought. Yeah. You know when you need to do it. Absolutely. You know you're supposed to go talk, mm-hmm. and you glorify God in that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, one time somebody said something to me about uh, going and talking to so-and-so about church. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you do it? Mm-hmm. And their response was like, why don't you do it? Yeah. And I, I well, found... You're, you're, the, you're the preacher, right? Well, here's what happened, Cody, is after that situation was over, it bothered me mm-hmm. because I was trying to put it off on someone else when, lo and behold, God was calling me to mm-hmm. do it. And so I left church on a Wednesday night right after service over. And for the first time in my life, and life, this happened a couple of years ago, I went to a man's house, front door, by myself. Oh, yeah. I was terrified. Yeah, oh, yeah. The first mean, door knocking. Woo, yeah. I was nervous. And, I, you know, I even did the whole, he didn't answer the first time, so I was like, I... Oh, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, you just go to the door and go, but okay, then, no But there. then mm-hmm. it was like, God was like, knock one more time. And mm-hmm. I answered, and he was just like, hey, Hunter, what are you doing here? And mm-hmm. I, awkwardly, I was just like, man, I felt led to come talk to you. I mean, I know you guys just moved here. We knew each other. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, you and your wife are y'all attending church. Yeah. And what was funny, Cody, is not only was I able to ask him if he was a Christian and have mm-hmm. you been saved and all that stuff, but he was like, man, you know what? My daughter last week was getting on to me about that me and my wife need to get in church while since we just moved here. And yeah. I thought, wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Answer answers your... And he went through a whole spiel, and here's the reality. Whether he stands right with God or not, it doesn't matter because in that mm-hmm. moment, by faith, I was obedient to the leadership mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit to get uncomfortable Absolutely. for his name's sake, yeah. not for me. And that taught me a lot. Absolutely. And so, you know, our, our listeners, you know, in your life, Ask God, uh, seek God, uh, you know, let him send you to people. Let him mm-hmm. give you the words to say to people, uh, to whether it's family or it's mm-hmm. not family. I've been in both circumstances and family's hard. Mm-hmm. Talking to a stranger can be hard. Yeah. Uh, let God lead you because he gave us power. He, he gave mm-hmm. us power to proclaim him. Mm-hmm. You know, in Acts 1, it says that you might receive power. power. That's talking about the mm-hmm. pro- proclamation of the gospel. So, like, it's funny because... You know, a lot of times, like I was reading about Gideon last week. Gideon, oh, when he was Lord, called by God, yeah. he was like, uh, well, my house is the the weakest. The weakest. Of, mm-hmm. And I'm the weakest of the family. Yeah. And the Lord is like, well, I'm with you. Yeah. So in those moments when God affirms us and he's like, you know, I'm with you moments. Yeah. When you go to speak, God leads you in everything that's said. Yeah. And he, it, it's funny too, because you're talking to this person and you might have a preconceived notion of like, I'm going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. They're going to hate me. Or maybe you've talked to him already and they're like, I know that they don't want anything to do with the word. It's like, there's a guy at my work that, uh, he doesn't want anything to do with the Bible. Mm-hmm. But now I, through continuously these conversation, uh, you know, he sees the Bible as God's mm-hmm. word. He just has questions about why is man involved. So we've progressed. Mm-hmm. And what I see is God is planting seeds in him. Mm-hmm. God is sowing seeds in him. Now, how he responds to that gospel, yeah. God, to that word. That's, that's on him. him. That's on him. Yeah. But it's just awesome because it's like this. If someone's like, well, Hunter, I'm a Christian and... I never want to share the gospel, or God never opens doors for me to share, or I never do this, or this, or this, You're or this. You're a liar. There's, there, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I've talked to a lot of people that say they haven't led someone to Christ. Yeah. This is my response to that. Quit worrying about what you do in that moment. Yeah. If God puts you in a moment to see someone come to salvation, praise God for that. It's really not you yeah. leading them anyway. Yeah. It's Him. 
But I mean, when we're you, not racking up points here. You're not, or, you know, it's like the Bible says, like a wise a soul will win souls or whatever. Some like, some, some will plant, some will water, some will God will, you know, God will give the increase. And you so, don't know which part of that cycle you're in. So when people say, "Oh, I've never led someone to Christ." You, you you don't know like me and Hunter were talking about earlier. You may talk to somebody and you may feel like, oh man, they completely destroyed me in that debate. Well, you never know. That person can go home, really think about what you said, fall under the Holy Spirit conviction. That next Sunday, somebody else invite them to church. Then they go to church. Then somebody else leads them in prayer, and then they come unto salvation. You don't know which part of the cycle no, you're in. And, and God's gifted us all for different circumstances. It's like for me in my life, you know, one of my main pursuits and one thing that I'm called to is the preaching of the word but mm-hmm. discipleship of younger people yeah and i see that in my life but i also think about when paul told timothy timothy do the work of an evangelist mm-hmm. so there's that part in me of like i may not be the billy graham or i may not be the street the preacher, big guy on the tv you know the big yeah or like the li- or the guy who just goes to neighborhoods yeah and like everybody knows him because how he pours into them about jesus uh, I may not be that guy or the Billy Graham or this or this or this, but this is what I know. I've been called to share the gospel. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what the Great Commission is. Go yeah. out. And so, you know, God uses his people. And yeah. if you're like, well, God's not used me. You're you not need, allowing yourself you, to be used. And, or you need to be thinking, okay, why? Yeah. You know what I'm it's saying? Like, it could be a bigger issue. Prime, right yeah, there. prime example, like my dad. My dad, is a he's a God-fearing man, and we did... We did grow up, and he grew up in more of a legalistic church of Christ, but he has come to terms, and really, he's he is totally different now, and I'm so proud of my dad, but I never saw him growing up. He was so nervous to talk to people about Jesus, like, and our church was not big into evangelism. I think, like, maybe once we did a, a door knocking, like, maybe when I was, like, 12, but they never did, it never did anything, and my dad wasn't really like that, and I got to talking to him one day, and I said... You know, that's when I start. I was questioning my. I want to make sure my family is, you know, where you I where I'm going. I want them to be, and yeah. I want Christ in their heart. So I talked to my dad, and I was like, Dad, when you when were you saved? He said, Well, I was saved and baptized when I was twelve. I said, Dad, when you when you accepted Christ into your heart, did you feel a change? Did you feel the Holy Spirit come into you? Like, were you a different man? Did you walk away different? Did you know? Did you know? And he said, Absolutely. And I've, I've looked at my dad's life, and I've seen the fruits of the Spirit. And just now, in his older years, you know, he just turned 50, he calls me the other week, and he says, well, you know how I am about public speaking? I said, yeah, you hate it, and you're not really good at it. He said, well, uh, I'm, I'm, leading a, I'm leading a men's Bible study, and uh, I'm doing this, that, and the other. And he's like, got these pursuits, and I'm like, that's, that's crazy. But when somebody says, God's not giving me opportunities, God's not doing this, I said, you're not allowing him to work through or you. you don't want to or you don't want or you to. may not be safe yeah but and i'll say this for those of you who are listening you know don't sit there and think okay well i don't do a lot so are you saying i'm not a christian no that's not what we're saying we're saying this seek god in your own life and pray that he would use you for the sake and the spreading of the kingdom right of the gospel Absolutely. and that's what we all need to do mm-hmm. i mean if if cody and i tell you all or we encourage you all to do this and we don't try to do it in our everyday lives then we're hypocrites absolutely and this, you ain't, know, this ain't just a podcast talking this is i try to how how me and hunter speak right now and i think everybody in our lives will attest this is this is this is a real deal and on a side note what i wanted to say is an example when people say well i won't know what to say to people well, I know of a couple people in a big book that we read all the time. Uh, Moses. Um, Moses was 80 years old, a murderer, fugitive, 
who ran away. He was a coward. He killed him. He killed an Egyptian and ran away when he was 40 years old. And then 80 years old, God calls him and says, Hey, old man, you're going to lead my nation that wants nothing to do with you and doesn't yeah. even know who you are <laughs> out of Israel. And he had a stuttering problem. He had a speech impediment. And God said, he said, well, how am I going to say? He said, I'll give you the words. Well, I, I can't speak well. Well, Aaron will. You're going. Uh, yeah. Bro. I mean, when God calls you, which he's called yeah. all of us, when those opportunities come, yes. he'll give you the words to say, Jonah, Jonah did not want, what was the town? What was, who did he Nineveh. preach? To? Nineveh. What was it, like 10 words? He said, he just said, repent from your sins. It was like one sentence. Yeah, one sentence. He said, repent from your sins. And look, the whole, the whole nation mourned and repented it's like when you look at the importance of evangelism which we've talked about that multiple times on this podcast is guys it's essential i mean evangelism is called i mean we're called to that as Mm -hmm. christians and you may not be the guy out on the street but i guarantee you that as a born-again believer if you open your eyes and look around to the Mm -hmm. people you're around weekly there are people that are in need of the gospel. And here's the thing. We've seen this, Cody. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chuck was a deacon who got saved. You never know. Yeah. You never you know, know who who it is that needs yeah. to hear. It could be the most. It could be the Pope. It could be, it could some, be anybody. <laughs> it, it could be somebody that you're like, there's no way. They're spiritual. No, mm-hmm. you, you literally have no clue. So evangelism is important. Mm-hmm. And we all, it's like this, you know. Here in a few weeks, as a church, um, some of us were hoping that we're going to be able to go to a very homeless, populated area where drugs and mm-hmm. crime is very influential, and we're hoping that that a small group of us are going to be able to go there and hopefully give out resources, but be able to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was telling Cody that when we start walking around, um, you know, I'd love to be able to minister to people Absolutely. with him. And this is what I know is if God's will is that Cody and I are able to walk around together or Cody and Grant or mm-hmm. Cody and Alan or Cody yeah. and our pastor, this is what I know. Uh, God will use Cody to sow mm-hmm. seeds. God will use me to sow seeds, our pastor. And if someone's saved there that day, yeah. it's going to be because of, worth it. of God. But yeah. he'll use us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and if you're sitting, listening to this and you're like, well, I'm nervous or I'm scared or this, this is, I encourage you, listen, go to your pastor. Maybe, you Mm -hmm. know, you, if you go to a different church or something, go to your pastor and say, you know, pastor so-and-so, you know, help me. I want to, I want to be bold. I want more experience. Mm -hmm. And as a pastor, Lord willing, Mm -hmm. uh, he'll help you in that and show you how you can be bold. That's a great desire to have. And I'm telling you, I used to be super nervous because I care I care, and I cared. It's I've grown mm-hmm. in it about what people think about me way too much, way, 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 way oh, yeah. too much. But what I've learned is that the more that God has helped me to become more bold and proclaim His name, I'm starting to forget less of my identity mm-hmm. and put way more emphasis yeah. on Jesus. And so, uh, evangelism is important. We wanted to start on that. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to slowly transition. Um, today's going to be uh, more of like a shorter episode just because we're kind of closing out. Absolutely. Um, if you remember last week, we talked about universalism, how it kind of started. We read through the history of it. Um, and I think the last article I was on was the Gospel Coalition. And it's written, I mentioned the guy's name last mm-hmm. week to give him credit. Um, but to finish this out, he mentions, he talks about two points uh, two fundamental and, and biblical orthodox beliefs, I guess you could say, that the universal, universal fixes mm-hmm. to, Cody. And I, I want to read through these and we'll kind of briefly discuss it, okay? So number one, an individual's destiny is not fixed at death. Those in hell would continue to have a form of universal... Uh, wait, 
I skipped a sense. Those in hell continue to have opportunities to be saved by Christ through faith. My first response, where in the world do we find that in the Bible? Where do you find that in Scripture? It's like today, Cody, you know, when Pastor Jason was in Romans, not Romans, Revelations 20. uh, Yeah, 20. When it said that uh, the defeat of Satan and all this, and it Mm -hmm. said, here, let me get down through here. Go ahead. So, let's see, Scott fled, throne, books were open, were judged, he gave up, this and this. Um, Oh, right here, 10. The devil who had deceived them was thrown in the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they were tormented day and night forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Forever and ever, right? Forever and ever. It's there's eternal. No, there's yeah, no end. There okay. is no end. So let's talk about the devil, the false prophet, the mm-hmm. beast. But as we keep going down through here, um, then I saw a great light throne and him who was mm-hmm. seated on it from his presence. Um, earth, sky fled, no place was found for them. Twelve. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according mm-hmm. to what they've done. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. They were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Mm-hmm. Then death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. This is the second death, mm-hmm. the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. <laughs> yeah. That Satan and the beast and the false prophet had previously already been thrown into it forever and ever. And when you look at that phrase that it says the second Death. death. That's death. Yeah. It doesn't death. say second death until they come back alive. No, no, or not second waiting place yes. or dwelling place. It's over. It's, it's over. And so when the Universalist proclaims that uh, in hell people can be saved, you and I and Cody, all of us, we need to say where is that in the Bible? Yeah, Scripture. And when they try to provide a biblical answer mm-hmm. or they try to provide some answer um, without biblical proof, mm-hmm. then we need to turn away from what they're saying and count that mm-hmm. as nothing. Yeah. Count that as salt. Because you always got to go. You got everybody needs to know that anything when you're discussing theology or anything that has anything to do with God, um, life, or the Christian lifestyle, you always need to look to what Paul says. Either whether I or an angel of heaven come and preach any other gospel to you. Let him be a curse. Now, I mean, some people, they might bring up the Apocrypha, which I don't know if most people know the Apocrypha. It's books that are outside of the canon of what we currently call in the world the the completed Bible. These are books that, whether we know or not, are truly written by those authors, you know, and it's besides the point of those books. Um, the ones we have in the Bible is what the these that's the essential information everybody needs yeah. to know to it's be sufficient. safe. It is sufficient, and it is the most um, historically um, historically accurate of the original ancient manuscripts that we have. Yeah. Um, but when you anybody brings up any kind of theology or they try to give some kind of answer, you need book, chapter, verse, and context. Okay, you need to look at the verse. And the ones verses before, after it, or maybe even the next chapter to get the full picture. Yeah. Um, that that this, I mean, uh, the ancient, the older Catholic Church. You know, it reminds me of you know giving penance, where they believe that uh, you know when you die, you go to purgatory or you go to like a temporary place of torment. And if you paid enough money to the Pope or to the bishops or to the priest, they could literally pray them out of torment and into heaven and. That is very yeah. unscriptural. And one thing that I also look at is like, you know, when it said the names that were not found in the Lamb's Book of mm-hmm. Life, they were cast in the lake. So, like, their name doesn't just get back in that. 
No. I mean, he already. Here's the thing: like when you start talking about the Lands Book of Life, um, you know, some people are like, "Oh, well, he's adding names." No, we could pretty much guarantee it's already established because he knows mm-hmm. who's going to be kn- in heaven. He, he knows, knows who's him. not. Yeah. And so when we look at the Universalists, and we talked about this last week, one big issue already off the bat is that they don't hold Scripture as the coherent mm-hmm. Word of God. Um, it's just a book of suggestion. And so anytime you get into a conversation with someone who might support this idea, if the Bible is not the foundation for truth for both of you, mm-hmm. then it's just going to be a battle of ideas. And here's the thing. You should just share the gospel with them and go on. Because Absolutely. you can't you can't have a logical debate. You can't have a uh, ideology debate. Like We need the Bible to be the foundation. And if the person you're talking to does not mm-hmm. recognize the Bible as God's supreme source of yeah. truth, then you have an issue. They, that's, and they, your they best have, bet, they're deceived. They your are best deceived. bet is to encourage them to mm-hmm. reevaluate their beliefs, but also point them unto Jesus and pray for them. And, you know, people have been led out of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Strobel, Case for Christ guy, was an yeah, atheist, didn't. Absolutely. He was led to God by God. Yeah. And so that's what we cling to is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God can mm-hmm. lead these people to him where they see mm-hmm. truth. Um, and we'll continue to witness and it, give that defense. Yeah. But in reality, like, if they're not willing to agree that the Bible is our truth as we talk about this subject, then really it's like, mm-hmm. where do you go? You give them that you can give somebody that, I mean, I can... Hunter, I can come and give you, you want to build a house, I can give you the wood, I can give you the nails, I can give you the blueprints, I can give you the laborers, but it's up to you to make the decision to, to build that house. And uh, when we when we start talking about this, this is another ploy that the devil uses. See, like, the devil doesn't always deceive people into thinking, oh, you can live whatever way you want, there's no God, you know? He likes to, he has a different uh, bait in his tackle box for everybody. And what this does is this appeals to the person who believes in a God, but they want, you know, the Christ of their own choosing where, okay, there was a guy who wrote a book and it was called uh, uh, Conversations with God. Now, people it, people read it and they literally thought that this guy was having communications like with God. Um, and then I read a book, it was called uh, A Night with the Devil and it was a man's testimony of how he came unto Christ. He read this book and, he, and uh, this guy was having conversations with God, and God was telling him, I love everyone. There is no hell. Um, everyone goes to heaven, and all these different things. So he, he talked to the guy who wrote the book, and apparently he's using a form of witchcraft, which is called channeling, where literally he is opening his body to be indwelled by a demon, by an evil spirit. But this spirit specifically, he, would grab, he said he'd grab a pen, and he'd use these channeling techniques, these forms of witchcraft and sorcery, to where he would let a spirit indwell him and control his hand and write down whatever it said. And this man was literally, he believed, indwelled by a demon, that a named specific demon, and told him all this stuff. There is no hell. Um, when everybody dies, you go to heaven. Uh, the devil's not real. Yeah. You know, just deceiving people. It's just people like to believe, oh, well, the, the there is no hell, so... It's okay. I can live how I want, you know, as long as I say I love Jesus and post on my Facebook that I'm a Christian, you know, I'm not going to go to hell, you know, or I can pray somebody out of hell, you know, or whatever. It's it's all lies. It's all deception. And, you know, it's even like um, I can tell you of people or, you know, specific ones that I've talked to where they're like, you know, I prayed and God spoke to me. But when you start talking about them being true believers in Jesus, like there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like, so my whole thing is like, you know, if you're so sure that God spoke to you, 
but yet you're not willing to like surrender your life to yeah. Christ. Like there's, there's not a, a change. There's in a here. disconnect right there, and that's where like you have to be careful because like the universalist or that guy or anybody yeah. that says like I've talked to God or God's shown me this or God talked to me and God said you have to be very careful because if what they're saying is outside of the context of Scripture, out of the biblical, mm-hmm. uh, it's outside of the Bible entirely then we can assume by weighing what they've just said that we need to test that spirit. And if it's Absolutely. not of God, then it's safe. Then it, it, it's it's not. Yeah. I heard a good example my boss told me. He said, uh, my boss, uh, if Clint, if you're listening to this, love you, man. But he was, a, he was a full-time pastor at Poplar Bluff many years ago. And he had a man, it was one of his deacons, came to him and he said, this man was definitely not saved, but he believed he was. He, he said that uh, he was shaving one morning and he looked in the mirror, and all of a sudden appeared all, Jesus himself appeared in the mirror and told him to leave his wife for the woman he was sleeping with on the side. And he said, really? That's what he said. He said, yep, so I obeyed the Lord, and I, I left my wife for this other woman. He said, well, not only is that obviously wrong, but he said, let me ask you this. What would you do after, after Jesus... Uh, you know, disappeared from this mirror. He said, well, I went back to shaving. He said, so you mean to tell me you came into the presence of the the most high God of Jesus Christ himself and you went back to shaving afterward? He said, well, let's just look in the Bible here. Um, Any time a man has been spoke to by God or came in the presence of Almighty God, came either rejoicing or in trembling fear or died on the spot. He said, I don't know who you were talking to, buddy. But the Jesus I know would not. It said Satan take form of a minister of light. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you have to be so sensitive because what's being told to you, it's like, oh, cool. You know, that God speaks to them. You know, God's leading them. But when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's like, whoa. It's, he's either going to confirm his word. If it, it, you got, it, He's going to point you to his he's word. Gonna, it's going to point you to his word. And that's it. You know, God, God's not going to appear to you and say, Anything else? Yeah, you and need to leave your wife. You need to. Sleep, you need to yeah, he said you need to leave your wife, or that's um, or even bigger things. Look at other religions: Mormonism, yeah, Islam. Uh, An angel appeared to me and told me this. It's uh, a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> point number two. Go ahead. Is that in the end everyone will do this? And what it means by everyone will do this is it's saying like in the finality of all things. There is a day in which people will leave hell and be redeemed to go into heaven. So basically, they'll be saved. And here, here's the issue: that hell's a temporary thing, just like a, a purgatory, a time, like a timeout. It's a timeout. Yeah. When it says that, you know, like the Bible talks about a place of the gnashing of teeth, like mm-hmm. death, and all these things. Or you look at uh, Luke 16, the rich man that went into hell, and mm-hmm. all, all this. It's like this. The reason they went there is because of their rejection of Jesus in mm-hmm. the first place. Yeah. And when they rejected him, that was their response to God of, I want nothing to do with your son. Mm-hmm. We never find anywhere in the Bible that it says once they enter into hell mm-hmm. or they enter into that final judge. I mean, here's the other thing, Cody. If Christ receives judgment, right, mm-hmm. he's the one that judges people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, what's he going to do? Do a reverdict at, at the end? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, come back and be like, wait a second. No, you're good now. Yeah. No, 
his judgment and his word is forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at this idea that one day, you know, people that go to hell are going to have a chance to come to Jesus, um, does it sound cool? Yeah. Does it sound it, nice? Yeah. But it's unbiblical. There's yeah. no and precept it, it, it's, for it's, it. It's a, it's a trap. It's a false deception. You know, yeah, people it's like, a lie from hell. Oh, oh I, get to, I, get to, I can live the way I want. Why do I need Jesus now? You know, I mean, I'm just going to get another opportunity. I mean, I'll just be in hell for a little while. I mean, it won't be that bad. But the, here's the thing. Hell was created as a place for of the demons e- and his or devil and his yes. angels, and it's a place of eternal separation from God, and that's why people go there. Yeah, is they're going to be eternally separated. Their sin problem never was dealt with, so they're going to be separated from God, and they're going to receive the punishment. Mm-hmm. Does God want them to receive that? No, He wants them to be saved, but in their uh, negative response to the gospel, they will endure they cho- that. that you, you chose your fate because somebody explained it to me like this. Why would a good God send people to hell? Well, God doesn't send anybody to hell. It was created for the devil and his angels. But, okay, let's say uh, as a man, most men listen here will have this thing. Has anybody, uh, uh, Hunter, have you ever wa- been interested in a woman and pursued this woman and she told you the oh the famous words everybody loves to hear I like you but just as a friend yeah you know and by the way ladies that's like taking a knife and sticking it in our stomach and twisting it we don't just have to so worry you know, about that no more we don't have to well, I know We're that married. but I'm, but I'm saying <laughs> but I'm just saying every man has had probably that point okay let's say this man you 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 are just in love with this woman and you pursue her you send her cards and flowers and gifts and she tells you I like you but just as a friend okay now out of respect you should leave her alone. But let's say you keep pursuing her and keep pursuing her and keep pursuing her and you say you tell her, I love you so much I'm gonna force you to love me. Can you do that? You can't force her to love you back. It's the same thing with God. If if you truly love that woman and she said, Leave me alone, what would you do? You would leave her alone. You would give her up to your, her own desires. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Same thing with God. Romans one, uh, he gave them up to the lust of their hearts. Yeah. And when you so like and here's the thing. That's where it really goes back to the elect and the non-elect. Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes to those who will be saved, they will be saved. God will bring yeah. them to salvation, no doubt in my mind. He's not going to lose one, right? Jesus said, uh, I haven't lost one, right? He's not mm-hmm. going to. But when you look at those who are not the elect and those who don't believe in Jesus and they want to reject God and they want to have the lust of their flesh and all of these things, then this is Romans 1 takes place. He turns them over, mm-hmm. right, to the lusts of their flesh. But here's the reality. When someone dies in unbelief, Cody, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and so you could talk about, you know, reprobation. You could talk about devoid of mind. You could talk about all of these things. But here's what I know. When someone dies in unbelief, mm-hmm. they're not of the elect. They're not of God. And, and, and they will answer. Mm-hmm for their rejection of Jesus. And that's what Cody was talking about with that human-like analogy. Like, you know, God's going to save his own. Mm -hmm. He's going to love his own, and his are going to love him. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the one that rejects him and turns from him all these things, they're not going to be able to stand in hell one day or stand before the great white throne, Mm -hmm. better to say that's accurate, um, and say, well, you you never gave me a chance, or Mm -hmm. this is your fault. You made me go. No. He, he, he's going to go through, and they're going to be judged of their deeds. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. He, when the Bible says, you know, the Lord says, vengeance is mine, mine says the Lord. those are for the people mm-hmm. that are against God's people, but those are for the ones who are against mm-hmm. the Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's like Hebrews 10, those who trample underfoot the Son of God, yeah. profane, profane the blood of the covenant, and mm-hmm. then at the bottom it's like, how much worse will their punishment, their judgment yeah. be? 
because of the rejection. Mm-hmm. And so, my friends, like when you look talk about universalism as a whole, we have to understand that like there is no universal God. Like there, mm-hmm. there's not just one God, and he you know exists in Buddhism and Mormonism um, and Christianity. One God, many paths. Yeah, yeah that, that, like that, that's not a thing. Um, you know. Uh, all, Pantheism, there's not a uh, like a all roads lead to Rome kind of thing. Yeah. Like you can go wherever you want. There's you're multiple. Get there. I had a teacher. I had a teacher in high school tell me one time. She said she had like you know the crosses and everything around the room, and she just said one day she's like, you know, I believe that you know Jesus is a way, a way. You know, there are many paths to God. Not singular. No, singular. There is there is literally only out of all the world's religions, there is one man who ever said, "I am the way, the the truth, truth and the lie," and no man comes unto the Father but by me. Yeah. Um. And how we know Christianity to be true is because it is the only religion, or it's the only quote unquote faith that is by faith alone, and not by do this, do that, and you work your way to heaven. Moses said, Lord, how, what do I tell him? And the Lord said, tell him I am sent you. I am. I am. I am. The alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, everything Boom. in between. And that's it, guys. When you talk about universalism, I think out of the ones we've talked about, this is definitely the most unbiblical, Absolutely. Uh, ungodly, uh, you know, just demonic-produced no. and demonic-led Mm-hmm. Um, a deception that would lead you to the pits of hell, believing that they're still hope yeah, for you. absolutely. That's, that's false. Yeah, and so uh, you know, as you guys think about this universal subject, which I, my assumption, and I could be wrong, is you know maybe there's people listening to this that majority might you know be like, oh well, we don't believe that way. Um, let me tell you guys something. There are those out there who do, and Cody and I, we've met them. Mm-hmm. They're there, and so as you move forward, study this theology this practice mm-hmm. that people have studied out more and learn how to refute learn to it. defend it learn to defend the gospel yeah. learn how to defend those things and when someone's like well i'm a universalist be ready to say okay so you believe in one god right but yeah. the bible says this okay Test you him. think people can be saved out of hell but where's you know mm-hmm. be ready to give a mm-hmm. defense as peter said and right come there. and come at them with a i'm not here to prove you wrong i'm here to like you don't understand the condition of your yeah. soul yeah. you know you should treat them as if there's somebody says I'm an atheist, you know, or it, like it's a sense of urgency. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not here to just prove you wrong. Yeah, I'm not. That's not my point. They're at the front door of hell. Yeah, of, like, like you're urgency. being deceived. Yeah. Like that's like saying that's like somebody. I don't know. That's like somebody wearing a big set of headphones and they're standing on a train track and there's a train coming behind them and you're like, hey. The train's coming. The train's coming. Like, you need to have that kind of sense of urgency. And, you know, they may stand there like, no, it's not. Yeah. I can't hear it. Well, because Turn you, around. you've deafened yourself. Turn around. Just trust me. Yeah. We need to have urgency <laughs> in our life that when, as we talked about earlier, when God opens a door, we take full advantage of it mm-hmm. and point people into what Jesus did on Absolutely. the cross. So, don't waste, and don't waste an opportunity because the last thing you want to do, man, is just have an opportunity and you never know when it. it could be the last. You don't want to quench the spirit. Yeah. And, uh, you just, you, you never know. And, you know, here's the thing. If you blow it, God can send someone else right behind you and use them. And I believe that firmly. Um, so, guys, that's universalism. We're excited. As you know, next week we're going to move towards uh, deconstruction of Christianity. So, other than what we've covered today, uh, Cody, you got anything else, brother? 
Uh, no, that's it, man. That's it. That's all okay. I got. All right, guys. Well, then uh, we hope you all have a good week, and uh, we love you guys. And real quick, Cody, let me pray for our listeners. Go ahead. Um, God, we love you. We thank you for this time. Lord, we pray for those who are listening to this podcast, maybe just this episode or multiple. Um, God, we pray that you'd be with them. And, Lord, we just pray that you'd guide them to truth. Lord, guide us all to truth. Lord, we love you. Humble us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you guys next week. Peace out. See ya.